This is a HeadGum Podcast. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. We listen to Awesome God by Rich Mullins, and we're going to talk about it today on Good Christian Fun. My butthole's tickling all the time! Do you think you can make God laugh? No, bitch. Dr. Anthony Fauci. You're a clown if you say fuck. I'm a Christian wife. <laughs> Sicario. I'm a Christian wife. White women are notoriously shifty. I'm a Christian wife. You should be upset that I had a laugh with her. Clean up on aisle butt. Welcome to Good Christian Fun. I'm Kevin. I'm legally blind, blonde. I'm, well, a, I'm legally. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, I'm Caroline. Uh, and we're here to have some good Christian fun. That, of course, is a clip from uh, Legally Blonde, the musical, a high school production of it, in which a, a young performer suffered a severe voice crack, which is <laughs> one of the best things I've ever seen on YouTube. And and it's there's a tough note. Uh, you know, she tried to be professional. She kept going, and that was that's the show going on. She you know? the show must go on, and she did the work, and she's still here. So we're not <laughs> here to make fun of that. We're here to honor her, make and fun of Kevin's hair. Hey, what <laughs> what, what about it? Because it's too long now. Because it's been like seven months. Tell me, like, what with this swoop you did today, like what you were. Trying to accomplish. <laughs> Wait, what swoop? It's the same old, same old. It's, it's, it's like true. it's like combed today in like a you know intentional way. It's slightly combed because I took a shower midday rather than the morning. Oh yeah, maybe it's just a little humid. Do I look a like a wetter. better person or a worse person when it looks more intentional? My haircut. I don't know. I don't know. The listeners will have to give you some feedback, and they but. will. Good, and they will. Good but as a Christian co-host, fun I don't know. Is the podcast where we talk about Christian pop culture, the movies, the music, and the entertainment made for and made by Christian, but as we'll find out today, enjoyed by all. Literally everyone can enjoy this equally. No one feels alienated by accessible it. song. Mm-hmm. <laughs> fully accessible, fully a- applicable in all of our lives. Uh, but we're not here to make fun of you. Or to make you go to church. We're not here to evangelize or to proselytize. We're just here to processitize, if you will, and say, like, what is our trauma from our from our upbringing, <laughs> if, 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 if you may. So the topic for today, nice. we're doing one single song. We're doing Awesome God by Rich Mullins. Yeah. Uh, who is Thanks the, for the votes on Patreon. Yes, this was a choice that one. was made by you, the listener. Our elder board on Patreon <laughs> took a vote. <laughs> this creamed the competition. This had more than <laughs> like 60%, 70% of the vote out for choices. Overwhelmingly, people wanted to hear us talk about this song. And so we're doing mm-hmm. that today. We're finally doing it today. Rich Mullins, the composer 
of the following guest intro that we're going to play for you right now as we introduce our very special guest for the episode. Friends and folks, he's a comedian, he's a writer. You may know him from Jesus and Marrow or his podcast, Make My Day, or for being the biggest sweetie on Twitter. Give it the hell up for Josh. Josh Norman! Thank you. <laughs> thank okay. you. Welcome hey, to thanks the show. for being here. <laughs> thank you. Welcome. What an epic intro. Oh, we're so happy to have you. It's so great. It's great when the guest actually has enough credits that it can last the whole intro. <laughs> 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 I don't mean that to slide on other guests. Damn. But you know, when there's like three things instead of like you one You know, thing. when your intro is sparse, you're going to get to hear more music. So that's a positive in some ways, you know? Yeah. I mean, listen, it's a, it's a give and take. There's trade-offs on, on, on both sides, on many sides. So mm-hmm. I yeah I've I've um I've enough accomplishments to take me from the side of the stage to the middle of the stage during an <laughs> announcement. That's like all. That's all you need. After that, it's it's just gild in the lily, right? Yeah. After three crazy. things, it's like all right, knock it off. <laughs> we get it. You're old. <laughs> One thing, it's like oh, good for him. Two things, it's like all right, oh, it's kind of intimidating. Three things is like. Okay, four things yeah. is like, shut up. Yeah, we- what are you compensating veteran. for? Four things? Okay. Four things. All right, yeah. Exactly. Two, you know, yeah. Right, exactly. You like can't just- if I had accomplished four things in my life, I would only tell them two to cite me yeah. for. Yeah. Leave them wanting more. That's the first rule of intros. Yeah. <laughs> That's like my resume right out of college. It was like, well, I was captain of the taco club and I also <laughs> am good at chess. And I had an internship or two. Caroline, you're 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 leaving out one very important point on that what? resume. I uh freaking outdoor voices. What was it called? Outdoor Voices. That's the, <laughs> yeah, the that, yoga. That's the brand. yoga company. Uh, Caroline <laughs> was part of an acapella company. company called what? Uh, Random Voices, and you better believe that was on my resume for a real long time. Really? <laughs> Random I was Voices in it for one year. <laughs> nice. Yes. What did you think the relevance would be? <laughs> um, I don't know. I guess it just showed like, huh. Kind of interesting, you know, like, wow, this girl has talents that don't apply to this job. <laughs> well, you were you were applying for a job where you were um, teaching the staff of Mexican restaurants to play chess through song as like a team building activity, right? <laughs> exactly. I love yeah. that. Well, that, that, that's what I wanted to prompt the employer to think of. I'm just <laughs> like, this is untapped. You know, like, how do we bring her on board? <laughs> I mean, there are there are plenty of jobs that require singing, like Cold Stone Creamery. To be a creamer mm-hmm. there, you have to sing mm-hmm. for your tips. Uh, a um, depraved exercise. Like I, t- I taught preschool. There was a lot of singing at that job. Oh my gosh, wow. yes. Yeah. If, if oh my I were gosh. teaching preschool, that would be important. What a great uh, countenance and persona for uh, a <laughs> preschool teacher i'm I'm sure on that note do you have any message for the educators out there that might be listening for the teachers i'm i'm so sorry that this is (laughs) happening to you i've i've never like so when i every year when i was teaching i like loved my time in the classroom my co-teachers were amazing I I worked with the same teacher in a classroom for like three and a half years while I was teaching full time. She was the best, Krista. Damn, that's and like a roommate at that point. Yeah, it was <laughs> it was the best. She was so cool, and like we had a bunch of other people kind of rotate through over the years. Um, the best, and but every year in September, I would get a little bit of like, okay, back to school. Like like when you're a kid, where you're like, oh, I'm excited to see my friends, but I'm like, uh, it's like 
back to the regular rhythm of things and I was a little I would get a little glum at the beginning of September especially because I was already doing comedy and I was like well another year that like I'm doing this day job and not quite like living the dream that's that's literally what I the the phrase I used and and then once I started working at full-time you know in writers rooms and stuff it like went away a little bit um that that feeling of like September doldrums and this year it's the least I've ever had like I've never had like oh thank god I'm not teaching anymore yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. and this year it just feels so and I don't mean to be the flippant crazy it just seems relief like such a challenge for for teachers and parents and teachers who are parents and kids and uh it's just like man I just hope that um people are like being easy on each other you know what I mean totally and yeah. not just like just like god damn it you didn't do math (laughs) (laughs) today today? it's like yeah there's not gonna be math there's only eight years left in the world i don't have to count higher than eight (laughs) (laughs) exactly yeah it's like diminishing how much i need to count or learn or know sorry i've taken the lord's name in vain so many times already no Uh, that's yeah no speaking of counting i am keeping track of that twice so far three strikes as is the lord herself imagine if i were just that guy so aggressive about it and we actually love that and we still you love really i do like that no we 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 flip the gender all the time and actually that's not not wrong i mean no i've i've gone to it isn't no i just feel like to be the guy that does it like so pointedly like um like thank goddess for this meal we're about to eat it's like Hey man, you can just say it. You don't have to let us know that you know that we know. Right. Or it starts to get confusing. Like it's like in God, she trusts. Or it's like, no, that's not the, (laughs) I don't think you're familiar with the phrase, my guy. We is very gender neutral. (laughs) You would think. I pledge allegiance to the mother Lord. (laughs) All right. Sure. Wait. America is a woman. What are yeah. we doing here? Right. I think you're right, though. I appreciate your your saying so because I do think it is like the idea of like a god of any gender is like a very beautiful idea. Yeah. It's, yeah. I think too that's something that's been important to us, and and I think for a lot of people who have gone on some sort of deconstruction path or or a reconstruction of like take gender out of it, take mad dad cloud dude out mm-hmm. of it and then like and especially as you become more aware of gender fluidity as a scientific concept too like mm-hmm. how how beautiful those things can be when applied to a theological idea especially if it's helpful and especially like if not applying them contributes to a bad okay well if i think god is like my dad then i think anytime i hear from him he's bud dialing me you know and so like <laughs> <laughs> not to be too specific as yeah, an example not a personal god's just kind of like do you know how to reset my cable box yeah. okay <laughs> wait what's what's your hbo go login okay father <laughs> so how's Aren't class you going <laughs> you're supposed I, to know you should at least know the security um, question answers at least <laughs> I see it increasingly, um, the kind of like mindfulness about gendered language in in Judaism, just like do like the the kind because there are certain things that translate really intuitively, and then there are certain things that like excuse me, I think some people do more skillfully than others. Like there's replacing like Lord our God, like Adonai for like sovereign of the universe like that kind of like non-gendered terms of royalty and you're like oh yeah i guess there we need like that that catch-all and then it's like where are we go- are we going they are we going he or she and it's just like interesting to see the kind of like where people settle and where people feel comfortable and, and like what feels good to people to to change because i think when i was a kid 
it was very it was very like dude god right like you got the like he lord our god king of the universe like that kind of stuff like those were the you know those were the like gendered nouns even when you're not talking he or she you hear king and you're like oh right but do we just switch it to queen and then that's where you get like ruler of the universe and uh and I, it's like cool <laughs> i think that grappling is really cool yeah it's so funny now that even you're explaining that i like hadn't considered for a really long time that lord is a, a term for a royalty and like a mm-hmm. <laughs> and why are we even still using like all these monarchy terms right isn't that address... in itself kind of wacky it would yeah, be like yeah. if if uh the christian religion <laughs> emerged in a different time frame you would say dear jesus my president my prime minister <laughs> yeah. like, oh okay you like senator holy spirit i'm thanking you today for exactly certain... actually it might be actually more neutral to use president and senator uh, for yeah, God. that's true. <laughs> sure. Lord or King, Prime, Prime Minister God. <laughs> oh, I, oh, absolutely, Deputy Governor God. Uh, well, Josh, <laughs> we would love to hear more about your upbringing in in uh, I assume Judaism, but maybe you, in you dabbled yeah, in, yeah, in yeah. some other stuff too. Yeah, yeah. No, I grew up. I like, grew up Jewish around a lot of Catholics. Like I, the town that I grew up in was not. There wasn't a super um, dense Jewish population, mm-hmm. so I had friends when I was a kid. I grew up in a synagogue that is that was conservative at the time. That's like the form of Judaism, not like political conservatism. Mm-hmm. Oh, right. um, it's just like a more observant uh, strain, and and now is kind of reconstructionist. Which is I I don't know like how much you you you'd like me to as much as you want like that. BRT sure. Sometimes I do, and sometimes I mostly don't. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. I feel very comfortable. (laughs) Um, But yeah, conservative Judaism is like below Orthodox Judaism, but like still fairly observant. And then Reconstructionist is more like, it's about the vibes and and the, yeah, exactly. It's like uh, a more, I mean, that's kind of where I feel as a person. I feel like as an adult, I've grown into a more Beastie Boys Jew. But like as a kid, I was... that's kind of where we grew up my parents weren't super observant but like the year my sister and I respectively or the years separately we got bar mitzvah and bat mitzvah we would go every Friday night and Saturday morning to services and Jewish services I didn't go to like any kind of Christian church service growing up like just you know it didn't come up like I would do I would do like some kind of occasionally like a Christmas party at a friend's house but Mm -hmm. like no strict by the book canonical religious stuff and i went to like easter vigil mass in high school with a friend which was really cool but it was like an hour and i was like man you're in and you're out the the conservative jewish services were like an hour and a half friday night and then like two and a half hours on saturday morning mm-hmm. and it was and it's a lot in hebrew which i learned to read but not understand that's like Yeah. So I knew a few words, but it was mostly phonetic. (laughs) Like it was like I my experience with Hebrew Judaism through Hebrew was like when you go to a country and you like sound out the things you need to say. (laughs) Yeah. But if you didn't know if you were just like, oh, I have to say a prayer. So and then you're like, I'll just do it phonetically. I would read ahead a lot in the um, in the prayer book in the Siddur because they were like in the back there were like English passages that were like instructive or like historical, but it was a lot of Holocaust back there. So it was a rough read. 
Um, oh boy. Yeah. yeah. They Not, put it in the book. They're like, Turner. after that yeah. happened, they're like, we're teaching this in synagogue. That's <laughs> crazy. I mean, I understand it too, but it is funny to think like if we had a special Bible at Christian church that just had, I don't know, whenever Christians were persecuted, probably back in Roman times, <laughs> just mm-hmm. telling you the story. Actually, of that as Caroline, well. the time that Christians were most persecuted is, is the year 2020. 2020. Yes. Yeah, no, 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 no. That's true. And, yeah. yeah. And they're updating, that. they're doing a new edition for that. Yes, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> just a Bible that's fully like. <laughs> that's just fully about like the Christian persecution. Like, you know, exactly. Kirk Cameron isn't in any of the Fast and the Furious movies. Yeah. yeah. And that's no, censorship, that actually. Specifically <laughs> is censorship. Absolutely. <laughs> You're suppressing our, our stories. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you when you were at these like synagogue services and you were reading yeah. through, were you like able to follow along because you were reading what they were saying or it was just like. I'm lost here, so I'm going to yeah. read whatever well, is in front of me. So it bounces back and forth Hebrew to English a lot. So oh, okay. it's not like the the masses that were like just in Latin. Yeah. Like it goes, so you do some Hebrew and then some English. And then sometimes it would be like duplicative. Like you would read the Hebrew and then the English of the same thing. And then some stuff you'd be like, oh, this one's just in English. I don't know who made those decisions. I think it's honestly, it's like rabbi to rabbi. They take a lot of liberties. Ah, they kind okay. of make it their own. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, which is cool. I mean, like we had, we also, <laughs> not to brag. But we had several rabbis when Damn. I was Damn. <laughs> okay. Not at once. Not nice. at once. It was like a whole boy once. band of rabbis. <laughs> <laughs> that's a cute one. That's one that's going to break out to his own solo rabbi oh career. <laughs> so you had like they're a called, lot of different experiences. They're called high five. Yeah. We got, <laughs> high um, five. <laughs> we did. I got, so I got a lot of different perspectives for, over the years. Like when I was young, we had kind of an older like well-established kind of beloved by the older community in the synagogue um, rabbi. And then we had, there was a, um, we had very lots like different, like we had a, a female rabbi for a number of years. And then a, a man who was a, he converted from, he was Southern Baptist and was, and it still was Southern Baptist converted to Judaism was is well, it was and still is gay, and we he was our rabbi for a while, and he like it was just like you got a bunch of different takes wow. on Judaism yeah. from people coming from different perspectives. Not again, not like week to week, but like year after year as they as this um kind of long tenured rabbi had left, and then they were looking for like a longer term replacement, or you know people wanted to stay, people wanted to just do part time. Uh, yeah. You know, it's like such a, it's so interesting to me to think of that as like a job. Because it is. Yeah, like yeah. working a shift at the temple feels <laughs> right, funny. Right, 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 right. Yeah, and they We're like, what are the out. hours here? I'm like really working on my <laughs> my work-life balance. <laughs> Was there anyone in particular, either of those rabbis or just other teachers you had that were like, that made an impact on you or like formed your thoughts around like what Judaism was for you? Oh man, that's such a great question. I also was going to Hebrew school. I didn't mention mm-hmm. at the time. So Hebrew school teachers, and that was a lot of like, it was the Hebrew language to, to read and like to understand, you know, a little bit, but like the stuff you're learning, the words you need to talk in the world are like not the words in the old Testament. <laughs> so there was not a ton of crossover there. Um, but I'm trying to think impressions that I made, man, I was like a bad bar mitzvah student too. And I had a friend who was really good mm-hmm. and we were, we're, we're like still in touch. We were the same age and we had our bar mitzvahs a couple of months apart. And I just remember like, I, you have to chant this long 
portion, the Haftarah, that is like all in Hebrew. And there are like these specific, uh, they're called treps, uh, treps. And um, they, they're like the notes that you sing and mm-hmm. the kind of like patterns of, of like up and down vocal intonation. And I was so bad at them. <laughs> it, and I remember like truly when I, being 13 and being on up on the Bima in front of like friends and family and just feeling like it took like six hours to get through the whole thing i'm sure it was like eight minutes but i was like are we like i was doing it and i was like are we still doing this (laughs) um so i remember being kind of like uh i was like kind of uh, like slacking off as a student um you but you know what really made an impression was was like and this is kind of what sticks with me today is like the idea of in Hebrew, it's tzedakah or like charity and good works, and I do think that like the um, the idea of Judaism as like service is really something that that resonates with me still. I, like I think any any faith that brings people to like do service for other people, I think is really special and wonderful, and that's like the part of religion that resonates with me the most. It's like that, and then like reasons to visit my family and my my (laughs) wife's family Mm -hmm. so those are like those things but like the idea of um you know there's the the like jew the kind of jewish movement now to undo the like carceral state of like how we treat immigrants i think like the the never uh never again is an organization that works on that and like that kind of stuff is like really impactful to me and like really resonates with both like the religious teachings and the cultural resonance of like you know re- like literally reading a prayer book that ha- that mentions the holocaust and you're like oh this is important like this is a religious teaching of like to like learn about that and and like how the worst things people do to each other and like how people should treat each other yeah it's such a that's so profound too cuz i think that um like a, a big thing that keeps me like still drawn toward religion or keeps me respectful of it is like what you said of like asking you to step out and uh, perform acts of like generosity or kindness that I think you otherwise wouldn't, even if you are a humanist or someone that cares mm-hmm. about your community or like your people, like it just takes a lot for most of us to like really sacrifice time or comfort or whatever to like help people. But it, it that's what the world needs a lot of, in a lot of cases. Yeah, and that's so cool totally. that that's what like church impressed upon you and and like kept you going thinking about. For sure, that's that was like that's like my biggest takeaway and, and the thing that like feels the most valuable to me um, about Judaism. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because and I think you can have that as like a humanist too, right? But like something that organizes you to like do good for others and to like you said to sacrifice even even more than just to like do to like do something that's like uncomfortable or painful and to have a community that is like doing that with you for for the service of others I think is like really um impressive and and wonderful and necessary like you said it's like so much of what needs to happen is just people showing up for their communities like the the mutual aid stuff that's like feels really um necessary and really like prominent right now Mm -hmm. uh that has like a similar feel even without like a religious component but it's like okay we're showing up for our neighbors and we're we're doing for others with no with no explicit benefit other than like we're part of this community and it's it's our job to maintain it yeah and those religions functioning 
kind of what you're saying in the best case scenario of, of Judaism leading to an idea of a life of service. Those are hard to find outside of religion. It's possible, but it, but it, but I, I think it is difficult to find that sometimes in those infrastructures. Like, I feel particularly um, fortunate to know a lot of people super politically engaged here in Los Angeles. So uh, people that work on Nithya Raman's campaign for city council that know so much about the unhoused people in Los Angeles and know so much about the history of the LAPD and the police state and how that affects black people in, in our community. Because what that does is it does kind of create a, a feedback loop of, okay, he's posting about it, which means she's posting about it because she's friends with him. And then I'm seeing it. So I'm posting about it too. And then donating to the same thing and showing up for the same stuff. Right. And so like the community is kind of like a patchwork that can happen. Uh, but I think, I think um, having experience and having grown up like you have or like Caroline and I have in religious communities does gear us up more towards that idea of not even like a, a circle of shame if you don't participate, but just the idea no. of like responsibility to a, a bigger thing that's outside of yourself that you understand to be more important than your own individual needs. Yeah. And I, I think like you were saying, like the people are finding that people come to that through religion or like have found it through like organizational protest structures or and I and that that to me feels more aligned, you know, like those that that kind of stuff feels more aligned with like what I love and, and, and respect about like people of faith than like even other religious observances sometimes, you know, because totally, yeah. it's like, yeah. Well, it's, yeah, that's yeah. the important part. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's I not mean, about all the rituals. It's like just taking care of each other and mm -hmm. like what we, and the earth we have here, you know? And it's yeah. making the quiet part loud in terms of that, which you do for the least of these, you do for me. And mm -hmm. that just feels, it feels like it should be common ground of handshake emoji. Everyone can concur yeah. to that degree with it. Yep. The other thing I wanted to talk about with you too, before we take a break is uh, in something I'm sure you've gotten a lot of, I know you've gotten a lot of questions about, but just generally what you do in comedy and what you're kind of known for in the community that we alluded to even in our intro is being a very kind man, that it is not by accident. I'm sure a lot of it is by design, giving people pep talks on Twitter all the time when they need them, making it a part of your podcast, Make My Day, where you donate money to the charity of the guest choice and then y'all give a pep talk to someone else and no, just being known generally as a sort of uh, pretty beloved figure as far as that stuff goes. Oh, thank you. It, truly. That's very I kind. mean, just like a, I appreciate it. a good, good reputation. So I'm wondering the things that, that animates though, other than like, of course we all want to be nice and kind, but, but your sort of concerted effort does make it feel like more of a practice. Do you know what I mean? Not, not, yeah. not inauthentically, yeah, yeah, yeah. but like a practice of like, yeah, I'm sure you have to work at it. So I, I'd, I'd be curious to know, like, the things that animate that, the, the choices that led to that becoming so much a part of what you do. That's such a that's such a good question. Yeah, well, I feel like a pretty I'm a pretty like naturally positive person, and and I think like my the comedy that I do on my own, I think is most successful not in terms of like industry success or but like I think it's most resonant with people when it's like friendly and welcoming and that was something I like kind of learned over a period of time just like 
doing comedy being like, oh, I can do it like this. Like I can just be inviting to people and that can be how I am on stage and how I am, you know, when I, when I'm hosting a show and and like kind of unlocking that realization because it wasn't like it's naturally how I am, but it wasn't necessarily like the only way I ever tried to do comedy or like a thing I consciously thought about in comedy until I had done it enough that I was like, oh, it sorts out like this. Like when I think about what what works and what I feel good doing, it feels like this. And then once I kind of realized like, oh, I can just be this person I was like, who I am, like when I, I can just be like a, a an more entertaining version of myself on stage and like in, in other arenas that are, you know, professional comedy arenas. I was like, oh, this is so nice because it feels like the lane that I'm in, in terms of creating stuff that like, it, it, it resonates with audiences. It's not what everyone does necessarily. And, and once I knew that about myself and about like my strengths as like an artist, let's say it, it really like helped me clarify like, oh, I can work on stuff that like flows from this rather than like having to invent, like what would be a show that I would host? I'm like, what do, what do I like? What's my point of view on things? I'm like, it's really, so, so some of it was just like learning through trial and error. Like, oh, this works better than when I'm like, you know, oh, this, this sucks. And like, uh, who who needs this shit? And like you know, I, and a lot of that is sincere. And then then there's like the cultivated aspect of like okay, turning that real perspective and and what I think is fun into like work. Um, and then some of it is just like I do. I feel like I have a pretty fortunate like brain chemistry in in that I I have not like really struggled with like depression and anxiety more than is like like I've had sadness and worry but in to an extent that like I do feel like this is something that I can offer is like an um, emotional um openness that doesn't that I feel like I can offer and doesn't like drain or deplete me so I feel like if I have that capacity it's something that's nice to share if it's if it's helpful for people I hope that answers your question that fully answers it wasn't too like vague yeah yeah just because it is something that I think gets so easily mythologized in a way of just oh this person was always kind of Mr. Rogers and everything was fine and then they had a nice Mm -hmm. life but but just kind of understanding the actual components that go into that in this series of little decisions and and that it is something that people who are known for these things and and because we talk about virtue so much on this show and the things that that animate that people who are known for these things that there is uh much intention behind them. Yeah, I think the intention is really I because I think that's what takes someone from being like a pleasant likable person to like a person who's doing good, right? Like I like you were saying earlier Caroline, right? Like the idea of like animating that kind of like desire to help and and Kevin you were saying like to the organizing principle right like it does take effort to go from like oh I'm a not me necessarily like someone is like a pleasant person to see around versus like oh this is a person who like goes out of their way to like recommend people for things or to like um to see if somebody needs help with something that they're struggling with like you can be a pleasant a totally super pleasant person easy to be around agreeable um without doing those other things so I, I try to be really like not that I always succeed but I try to be really like mindful and effortful of like doing more than is um the easier natural thing if I if when I can yeah yeah and that is such a salient point that 
I find that too, that it's not that it's not that hard to not be a jerk or to be polite. Yeah. <laughs> it is hard to have consistent positive impact in people's lives. Right, 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 right. Like the difference between being inoffensive versus positive. Like I'd yeah. like an actual meaningful difference in someone's life. And that's why we got to be kind to each other, like Ellen says. What's that, Caroline? <laughs> you let a loud uh, sigh. I know. I just like, <laughs> I, I think this is more reflective of myself and like things I need to work on too, but it just makes me feel like uh, inadequate. <laughs> like, oh, no, get out of here. It sounds like that for Josh, like what you were describing it, it just sounds like innate. Like this is just naturally comes to you in a lot of ways. And for you, it was just key to realize like, Oh, I can do this and still be uh, the, the have the career I want and the, and the relationships I want. And like, this is this function of my personality is unusual. And so I can share it. And also oh, like, it doesn't take a ton of work for me to like manifest this kind of like, <laughs> Uh, helpfulness and like optimism, I guess, you know, that's, that's very kind of, yeah. And I'm sorry, I don't want to make this like an insult about me or whatever, but no, no, just no. Like, oh man, it is just really hard to like, uh, keep trying to step outside of your own mind and perspective all the time, you know, for and sure. like, and care for people, but it's something I would like to do. The, I mean, the other thing is, so, sorry to like cut you off and, and, and like redirect back Not at, at all. me. Please, back to <laughs> um, you. <laughs> like a monster would. Um, but <laughs> I am... I also, it is, like, an awareness of, like, a privilege and, like, a good fortune. And, 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 like, I think I'm getting, I'm trying to get better and more generous, like, knowing, like, oh, I'm okay right now. And, like, I, the, I'm, I'm trying to be really conscious of, like, the way I move through the world and, like, the, you know, what, what three things I've accomplished. Um, and, like, what four. kind of standing that. We all know. Four things. Four, not, <laughs> not to brag. Four things. Um, what standing that gives me to, like, be helpful and useful, whether it's, like, from a, um, you know, in, like, a one-on-one sense or uh, speaking out about stuff and feeling like it's not going to, like, uh, like, torpedo my career yeah. if I'm, like, outspoken about things or, like, just, like, oh, I'm working right now during this quarantine and so, like, I can't, I should be more, like, I should really think about, like, financial contributions to things as, like, oh, I wouldn't, you know, like, I wouldn't normally give to this thing but, like, people really need it and I'm okay so, like, just like being aware of all that those like like kind of like layers of privilege not to be like um you know too uh academic-y about it or whatever no but i think like, that's a great it, point yeah like if you're if you're hungry all day or have other things like it is hard to also be like okay how am i organizing for my community yeah. <laughs> today as well you know like totally you just need to have to you do have to take care of yourself and then yeah, if you have these boosts, you can maybe spread it out a little bit. Yeah, and it feels like like an uh, like a community obligation, both like within the community of like people we know, like the comedy community, um, and as much as you know that that exists in in different ways, and then like the community that we I live in in Brooklyn, and then like beyond that, just like oh, there's so much stuff nationally that like we should that is so um, distressing and needs so much work. Like what? I, is there anything you can think of? I guess theaters being closed. Yeah, theaters being. Oh that's yeah, a like AMC. Issue. What Josh is talking about is like we need theaters. to reopen AMC theaters. We, coast to yeah, coast. we need to reopen the AMC theaters full capacity because they lost a lot of money the past <laughs> Wait, few months. We need them to make that up. One hundred yeah. p. That's right. <laughs> that's such a beautiful way to put it, Josh, and I I appreciate that. And it's yeah. 
That's very good. Well, thanks for sharing your story, man. We really appreciate it. Oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah. Let's take a quick break and we'll be right back with more Good Christian Fun. This HeadGum Podcast is brought to you by AuraFrames. That is right. Uh, From grandmothers to new mothers, aunts, even the friends of your life, every mom loves an AuraFrame. Holy shit, even aunts? Yes, especially aunts. Oh, well. Because it was named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter and selected as one of Oprah's favorite things. I mean, these AuraFrames are guaranteed to bring joy to moms of all ages. I believe it. You have an AuraFrame, don't you? Yes, I actually more than believe it. I know it. Uh, I've got one for my mom, my mother-in-law, my grandmother-in-law. And dare I say your aunt? And dare you say my aunt and my aunt-in-law. Everyone's got one. Everyone loves them. I mean, Mother's Day is right around the corner, and there's no better gift than a digital photo frame. You give them the frame. It's got preloaded pictures in there. And you know what? You can update it with an app. So every time you take a new picture of a sweet little uh, person or place or thing in your life, it gets automatically sent to that frame. Exactly. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. Holy smokes. Excellent deal. Yeah, that's A-U-R-A frames.com. You use the code HEADGUM at checkout to save. HEADGUM. Nice. Yes. Headgum. It's easy to set up. It's loved by everybody, including Oprah, including your aunt. Mm-hmm. So do check them out. That's A-U-R-A frames.com. Use code HEADGUM at checkout to save. Damn right. And terms and conditions apply, of course. Of course. Thanks again to Aura. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Welcome back to Good Christian Fun. It's time for... Singles Ministry. <laughs> I gotta change this. <laughs> or just get, write a song. Is this a karaoke track or is it the real one? No, it's a it's a karaoke track. It's I, I ripped it from YouTube, like so many of our segment uh, music Aww. things. <laughs> Singles Ministry, YouTube. this is of course a segment on the show, a format on the show we do where we take one song from contemporary Christian music and we devote a little piece of discussion to it. We say, whether it deserves a holy roast or a holy toast, in and of itself, does it have merit? Josh, you grew up with Judaism. Did you have any exposure at all to any sort of Christian media at all? I'd be, I'd be so curious to know what your outsider sort of perspective would be of it. When I was in elementary school, I had a, a pretty good friend who... I th- he would lend me these books that I really liked. I think they were vaguely Christian. It was like a kids adventure series. And I knew he was also like into like Christian pop music. So like Newsboys, is that right? Oh yeah, baby. That's the one. Nailed it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it was like, that was, so I got some of that through him. And then the rest of it, like it was more specific religious stuff than, than pop culture. Like I, it was more like, Oh, I knew what a first communion is, but I like didn't know. Um, you know, I did. I I wasn't super 
in the world of like Christian pop the culture. The finer points of Veggie Tales or things like that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Very limited Veggie Tales exposure. The finer <laughs> that's points. So, that's. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for your. Yeah, your hard yeah. childhood. Yeah, that's yeah. like that when way. people hear that I never trick or treated uh, as a young child for Halloween. <laughs> yeah. They're like, "Oh, I'm so sorry." Neither yeah. did I. And that, that is the opposite of vegetables. <laughs> Truly, too. yes. So you know, who really I won here? I guess is what anyway. I'm saying. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, we expose you to a little bit of Christian music today, and we listen to a song called "Awesome God" by Rich Mullins. Classic. Had, okay, Caroline, you had heard this song before. Had you heard this song before, Josh? Anywhere in the culture, even via yeah. osmosis? I've heard people sing it. Like I knew, I knew of the mm-hmm. song, wow. and I'd heard the refrain, but I don't think I'd, I don't think I'd heard this recording of it. It's got to be, I would imagine, like hymns aside from the early centuries, it's got to be one of the most popular Christian songs of all time, truly. like It feels like a hymn. Something pretty, and earwormy as well. Yeah. Uh, Very as, as far as the refrain goes. It was written and performed by a man named Rich Mullins, who we've never really talked about in depth on the show. So many of the artists we talk about on the show, Josh, just for context, mm-hmm. are... Um, Clowns in some way. Yeah, <laughs> I'd say they wear a big red nose and large shoes and do do silly. They do silly jokes. And know? their songs okay. go honk honk honk, uh, and that's kind of the sound. <laughs> Those are the hooks. They don't have hooks; they have honks. Uh, and people like Carmen and Newsboys to a degree. Rich Mullins, just for context' sake, was kind of an outlier. He had so much respect in the in the community. He he died a very tragic death, very very suddenly, in an auto accident in 1997. He was only 40 something at the time, and he wow. lived a pretty uh, quasi monastic life. His he took uh, because he did have so much royalties and, and revenue from his music stuff. He forwent most of it and took the average salary of an American at the time, and then. And poured the rest into various charities and other communities. Wow. He lived on a Navajo reservation for two years and did therapy work with Native Americans for a long time. So uh, there's so many people we talk about on the show. They're like, yeah, they were just a guy in Nashville, or she was just a you know a young girl that had some bobs. But <laughs> the, he was like trying whatever we think of, and, and especially even connected to the ideas of service that we were talking about at the beginning of the show. He was pretty much doing that up until his death. He had so much respect from people in the world and in in the community. So this That's is incredible. Yeah. So the and you know one of my favorite things about him is that he has gone on record saying it's one of his worst written songs he's ever done. His <laughs> awesome God. <laughs> really? There, there's a quote from him uh, from 1996. He said, you know, the thing I like about Awesome God is that's one of the worst written songs I've ever wrote. It's just poorly crafted. But the thing is that sometimes I think when you become too conscientious about being a songwriter, the message becomes a vehicle for the medium. This is a temptation that I think all songwriters have. I think a great songwriter is someone who is able to take a very meaningful piece of wisdom or a folly or whatever and say it in a way that is most likely to make people respond. But what you want them to respond to is not how cleverly you did that. You want them to respond to your message. So he was pretty, you know, self-aware and incisive about the perils of even Christian music as a genre and how yeah, compromised and most like of it. song craft fascinating yeah he's a he is a he is a fascinating man he's much much respect I, I knew nothing about him yeah and the the cover of the album that this song <laughs> is, is amazing from, 
is him in front of like a white sheet backdrop, like where you would get a portrait taken. And he's sitting and there's a he's facing like he's looking into the camera, but his body is kind of askew. And then there's a dog looking off to the side, yeah. kind of perpendicular to, his, of, to the of gaze the of Rich Moe. It's re- it really Perfect. makes you want. What is the message? You know, like what am I supposed to know? Well, yeah, the album the is called "Winds at? of Heaven, Stuff of Earth." So maybe Rich is the winds of heaven, and the dog is stuff of earth, and that's kind of their yeah, dynamic. Yeah, yeah. Perhaps yeah, I'm surprised It'd be you didn't a fun say name for a dog. <laughs> sure. <laughs> what did you say, Caroline? Stuffy. I can't believe you made the dog Earth instead of heaven. Dogs are heavenly, or whatever. <laughs> okay, no. I'm not getting all, into this with you. This, the original title for the album was All Dogs Go to Heaven, the music album. <laughs> That's right. And then it conflicted with it. a similar movie that was coming out yeah, at the time. Yeah, yeah. A lot of copyright infringement. Yeah. So let's, it was called All Dogs so Go to Heaven, All People Are on Earth. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dark. People Very live chill. on Earth forever. Once people die, they stay dead in the ground, buried yeah, yeah, yeah. in the dirt That's, forever. He's a specific, a specific theology where only dogs go to heaven. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, listen, pet salvation was a much debated. That's a whole episode topic right there, Caroline. Pet we salvation. We should talk about that. I where, would enjoy that. Where does Caroline's cat Scampy go when she leaves this mortal coil? Aww. I have well, a few for ideas. Sure, hell. <laughs> <laughs> Not going to heaven. Let's. Great name for a cat. Scampy. Thank you. Yes, especially when you see that thing. Uh, let's, that thing. <laughs> let's take a, a, a listen to the song in question, which to me, instrumental, instrumentally at least, kind of strikes me in the opening chords as a bit of a Western almost, <laughs> like a saloon. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thunder and his footsteps and lightning in his fists. <laughs> and the Lord wasn't joking when he kicked him out of Eden. It wasn't for no reason that he shed his blood. His return is very close, and so you better be believing that our God is an awesome God. Our God is an awesome God. He Just imagine a seven and nine year old Kevin and Caroline crying at your camp. <laughs> right. He is awesome. I mean, this song is so like he's very um Rich Mullins, very like effacing about the songwriting, but like sonically, it's super effective. It sounds like, like you were saying, a Western. My first thought was like, this sounds so 80s, and it sounds like it's from a movie where like God comes into town to kick some ass. Truly, <laughs> truly, yes. It seems to be both the message and the sound that we're supposed to understand right? from this. Because that's what saying. It's like, God's coming into town on a motorcycle. <laughs> He's going <laughs> to kick the devil right in the neck. You take like, no prisoners, kill all the people. <laughs> yeah, give me yeah. All in the flood. Getting a little Carmen core. <laughs> yeah. He'll turn yeah. your ass right to salt. And like, it just is so, um, it feels like it really does. It feels like a movie where like God is a person who's coming to the world to like, to like clean to clean up the streets. Yes, he's well, an Avenger. The, the first, yes, Caroline, the the metaphor you would perfectly understand of like what did you he's say? like Captain America. Caroline said she, he's an Avenger. <laughs> sure, 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 a little 
more yeah. Iron Man, but yeah, Captain America, sure. That's sure. fine. It works. <laughs> <laughs> it it it's like Chris it sounds like Christian Roadhouse is like what it makes yes. me think of. If Patrick Swayze's character from Roadhouse like also read the Bible to the other characters at the bar that he's hired to be. And I don't mean this like derogatively. It just sounds like very badass, but very explicitly uh, in the service of a like Christian Lord. Yes, because the imagery in the first verse is so cinematic in nature. It mm-hmm. feels like a montage of someone going out to shoot a guy <laughs> where he's like, yeah. he's rolling up his sleeves and he's not putting <laughs> maybe the most badass opening lyric i'm not even a christian song but any song that lyric is so funny putting on the ritz did anyone think god was putting on the ritz like like someone someone saw god doing this and they're like oh boy we got a song and dance number coming no 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 no, no. he's got a five course meal coming down (laughs) i guess you have the the limitation of because it is uh, a religious song you can't be like God's rolling up his sleeves he's not fucking around <laughs> <laughs> yeah something always play okay distract. with children I mean yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah there are some oops where did I go I'm back now oh, baby wow I yeah. accidentally I think God didn't like what I was about to say and he cut my video out kick your ass he, he smote your zoom window <laughs> well in in two I'm trying to contextually understand what the word awesome meant to the culture in 1988 mm-hmm. when this song came out because it definitely meant something to us when we were kids but awesome in this context does feel like the awe and shock and awe the military operation in Iraq yes where it is God is awesome like an overwhelming force that's going to <laughs> you know dominate scary. your what's that yeah kind of scary sure scary. yes yeah it's it's very old testament right like god is tough and you got to be scared of him and he yeah he'll he'll beat you at pool <laughs> yeah and all of his um the like his his touch points if you will for like <laughs> demonstrating god's awesomeness are from the old testament except for uh when he says jesus dies on the cross and I always get so uncomfortable when like Protestant Christians invoke like Old Testament God because it usually is like to them from their perception, like a warlike God, you know, who wants to just kill <laughs> like basically a really targeted group of people and is not taking any shit from anybody. There is no forgiveness. There is no context. There's no gray area. It's it's someone that is, like you said, coming in to not fuck around and kick some ass. <laughs> and it's just like, it's a, oh, it just, it rubs me the wrong way. Like it's a simplistic understanding of, of like what God may have been like in that time. And it's also like a, a yeah, pro-military scary murderous person I well i mean in judaism that's kind of the only god that there is is the god of the old testament in a lot of ways right like it is the god yeah. of the pentateuch so so it's not i think i think maybe it is a like a protestant because we do have such the yin and yang of the meek and mildness of jesus as a mere image that that he feels so uh, <laughs> insanely powerful and mean yeah. in the Old Testament. We did get a lot of like Old Testament, um, the kind of like power of God, but I think definitely less like less scary contemporary God. Like that, I think there was like a, a with just getting the Old Testament, it definitely felt like 
that that like why you got to bring up old shit yeah, like, <laughs> a little bit like, yeah like like god hey that look god did all this stuff and this that you know these are lessons to learn and like th- these things these things transpired or whatever or you know or, or are allegorical but like we definitely i definitely like didn't grow up fearing god it w- was like going to take action against me personally like the god of this song wants to <laughs> I want to listen yeah. to uh, I want to listen to verse two real quick. Mm-hmm. Back to the West. Hey, that's nice. He spoke into the darkness and created the light. That sounds nice as well. That's pretty gentle. Judgment and wrath be poured out on Sodom. The mercy and grace he gave us at the cross. I hope that we have not too quickly forgotten that our God is an awesome God. Our God. All right. <laughs> it's, I mean, this God is like John Wick. Right? Truly. Like, he... He is retired from killing, but he might come back <laughs> for one last job. His dog got <laughs> shot in the first five minutes. Our God is a John Wick. God. I mean, yeah, it's that dog was an awesome dog. dog. <laughs> uh, that reminds me, uh, a friend of mine and I would would sing this song about my father, whose name first name is Todd, and we would just sing, "Our Todd is an awesome dog." <laughs> Uh, we never yeah, told him about it's, it though. It's so funny because when I, I remember singing this like as a kid in church, I probably sang this like thousands of times, this refrain. And I don't remember feeling like afraid. I remember feeling like, yeah, the Hulk is on my team. And, yeah. Like, this is this is us. Uh, more you know? Avengers but talk, me, okay. Yeah, like the <laughs> more, yeah. Well, and I'm Black Widow, and we can do anything together. <laughs> sure, yeah. But it it feels like this kind of God is only invoked for like revenge or like avenging Christians or whoever, I mm-hmm. guess, or if, like straight up just fear. Like you're just supposed to not forget that like your sweet little Jesus who likes kids and sheep also <laughs> can fuck it up, you know. And so don't ever get too cozy is kind of how it feels to me, which is just like extorting you into worshiping. Yep, and uh, poured out judgment and wrath on Sodom feels particularly loaded in the year 2020 of our Lord. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. Or of our president. Yeah. <laughs> um, that, that, that feels a, a bit much. I think, I think it goes without saying that we would maybe all natively, maybe emotionally more resonate with or respond to, our God is a gentle God, <laughs> is a pretty <laughs> nice God. Yes, totally. <laughs> Yeah. He brings over chips even though you didn't ask. <laughs> he remembers to ask you how your mom's birthday went. Our oh, God is a gentle God. <laughs> yeah, be- this song, there's so much um it's so intense, which I like just from like a um a, like a, a like I said before, a sonic standpoint, I'm like this song kind of kicks ass. Like if it were about a character like if this were, if the lyrics were changed, but the tone remained the same, and it was the theme song from like, like a Top Gun like movie, yes, I'd be like, this kind of rules. Like it's like our God is on a highway to the danger zone. <laughs> is like what this is. To me, it also sounds like, like a march song. You know, like you were about yeah. to march on 
I don't know, mm-hmm. I guess Netflix because you need to or whatever. <laughs> oh, I can't do like this, this again would today. Fit with your steps. <laughs> I can't do this. Talking about this before you Not got today. on the call, Caroline. Oh gosh. <laughs> Uh, uh, it just has like that plotting, like boom, mm-hmm. boom, boom, like you're going to take over, you know? Which is so atypical yeah. of what CCM is, which is why it's so funny that this is one of the biggest hits of all time in CCM. Yeah. Do you see it as atypical? I see it as like... Sonically, yeah, absolutely, like yes. Oh, I, I, don't, yeah. I don't know if thematically or lyrically it is, but, but sonically, absolutely. Uh, in terms mm-hmm. of, especially what praise and worship is now how it does sound like uh with some warmed over cold play leftovers as far as that stuff goes and the hillsong united stuff it is so funny by the way to because there's so many covers of this there's so many covers you can find on spotify on youtube you can find full choreography full dances mm-hmm. and and i think the listener at home who grew up with a lot of this stuff will resonate to going to vacation bible school and having motions of like our God is, God an, is awesome an awesome God. God. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Like the, there's stuff that we all know. Oh, wow. Which I think one listener in the comments said we, all the listeners of GCF need to take black and white videos of themselves doing the choreography and put it together like an imagined celebrity. Video. Oh, oh that's gosh. so funny. Heal the country and heal the nation. But I yeah. mean, you guys, if you do send that in, Kevin will make it. I I would guarantee you that. Oh yeah, absolutely. But uh, I would love to see that. <laughs> but I wonder if one of the reasons that it, uh, it it may be connected to Christians when we were children more is because it just felt like, don't worry, dad's got it. Like It truly does feel like, hey, if we get in a fight, dad will punch out the guy and he yeah. won't bother <laughs> you. And then as an adult, it's like, oh, no, I can, I can take care of myself. It's okay. Yeah. So maybe it, it feels less like a necessity to have that, you know, it ha- it definitely has that feeling of like someone strong is here to protect you, but also don't forget that you owe him big time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. There's a, there, that is implicit in the relationship. So yeah, yeah maybe if we, if we have nothing else to say about it, maybe it's time to give our rating on it. What do you think, Caroline? What are you giggling yeah, about? Let's do it. <laughs> what are you giggling about? <laughs> You have to say Not now. Not putting on the Ritz. <laughs> <laughs> that was explicit. I know. <laughs> and that showed a lot of Broadway phobia in many oh Christian households. Yeah, like, totally. Like That's even that scene in Young Frankenstein, people would fast forward <laughs> through that where Peter <laughs> Boyle yeah, is like, about. this is not godly. <laughs> not. God would not put on the This is the no opposite God in this of God. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, let's give call. it let's give it a holy toast or a holy roast. The way this works, Josh, is we give it a toast or roast. A holy toast is a thumbs up. That's when we say to the song, yeah, 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 yeah. a holy roast, we send it to hell. Holy toast is to heaven. I keep forgetting the heaven and hell of this. Holy toast, we send it to hell. <laughs> We're roasting and toast forever. And we say, no. Or if we're not sure, we can put it in purgatory, a la... The space between... (laughs) (laughs) Dave Matthews, the song The Space Between by Dave Matthews is the perfect example of purgatory. That's such a beautiful choice. It's not quite this. It's not quite that. Mm -hmm. I hope he's having an okay quarantine. I think about him every day. (laughs) We'll, we'll, we'll start with Kurt. Wouldn't you, wouldn't you love a Dave Matthews band cover of Awesome God, by the way? 
they jam out on it. Caroline's considering it, and she says no. Nah. <laughs> I don't know if he was going to really bring something to the table. Springsteen would do do okay with it. I feel like yeah. this is written in a Springsteenian type voice anyway. Mm-hmm. With some of those, yes. you ain't putting yes. on the Ritz. Come on, you've got to really stylize it. Like if you're going to cover this, I think you know, so. Bring, bring well, saxophones. Yeah, yeah. Come on, Clarence. <laughs> <laughs> That's like the awesome voice. Like, whoa, it is awesome. <laughs> Yeah, and they're like, let's give it up for the Take real big man, the man upstairs. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Oh, man. Uh, Caroline, we'll start with you. Oh, boy. Um, okay, I'm going to put this in the space between because uh, while I don't really care for the message or the characterization of God, as we discussed, um, I do think it's an important song to our history <laughs> and i feel like the space between this is our heritage case, it's gonna be like the library of congress smithsonian place where like it can be studied it can be referenced but it is not uh you know needed right now in the culture <laughs> all right that's a, a very fair and comprehensive take we turn it to josh I feel similarly overall. I give the arrangement a huge holy toast. I just feel like it goes so hard. I'm like, <laughs> I, when it, when I started and there were these kind of like swirling strings, I was like, this is not what I expected. And then you get to the kind of stomping chorus, the like marching. I'm just like, this is intense. And I have so much appreciation for like, the 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 80s action speak singing verses but again like you said i can't fully re- the 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 message of it doesn't fully um touch me where i live um so that <laughs> sending it to hell feels a little much generous. but i do feel like i also have to end up in the space between although again whoever did the the percussion arrangements and the the vocal mixing there you have a place sure. on the right hand of God. Huge toast. Oh, yeah. The right hand of God. That's where he keeps his pistol. <laughs> <laughs> He's got an Hacking. open carry law and two M1A1s. Oh, oh God. God. <laughs> in every state? It's in all 50 states. <laughs> yeah, that's, God, God has an open carry permit in all 50 states is a bumper sticker I'm terrified is real. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's going to be real now. New drop. Uh We'll make the merch. I think also too, one of the reasons is it is so musically interested is because that was that was Mullins too, especially when so much of the radio stuff in CCM, I guess just all radio was cookie cutter at the time. And he did experiment a lot. He would do he did weird hammer dulcimer stuff on his songs. He would do bagpipe stuff. He would do yeah, a lot of different global rhythms and whatnot. So this is just kind of another example of it. And apparently not even one of the best ones, according to him. So right. I too will also put in the space between I don't wow. like mad dad god. Dad. I don't I don't like a <laughs> wrathful father. I want I want a gentle uh, Chalamet-esque God, where it feels like if I hugged him, he would break possibly. So I have to be gentle with him as well, as he's gentle with me. You're kind of the tough guy in the relationship. Yeah. The, the, the army hammer, That's if we're right. taking this. Before. That's right. Yeah. I'm the army. Hey, and, I, and I'm wearing the shorts for it right now. Call me by your name style. Uh, and I did Hey, if anybody's going to be putting on the Ritz, it's, it's me, me, okay? You leave him alone. I'm a fancy showman boy. Let me do the dancing in. <laughs> tapping 
and so let God read his books by the sea. Yes, <laughs> mm-hmm. let him live. And I wild out on the dance floor, but uh, but yeah, that's awesome. God, I'm I'm so glad the the elder board picked this song for us. Can't wait to see what they Great pick song. next for us. And yes. uh, if you want to, you can go to at Christian Fun Pod on Twitter, dear listener, give it a roast or a toast yourself. So get out there and. Pokemon go to the polls. And Corn Pop was a bad dude. It me. 2020 edition. <laughs> oh, Pokemon. Joe Biden, give us a sound bite. Maybe you'll get a vote. Now, did you know in 2016, almost 42% of the population of eligible voters did not Pokemon go to the polls? So let's uh let's maybe See if that changes in 2020. Because if things. Oh, a rousing call to action from Kevin. Hey! (laughs) (laughs) How funny. Kevin, you are rocking the vote. (laughs) How funny would it be if Joe Biden said that, though? If he was like, you know, in 2016, uh, Senator Hillary Clinton said a very smart and brave thing. And I think it bears repeating today Pokemon go to the polls. (laughs) It's like, we deleted the app years ago, sir. No, it becomes an amendment to our constitution. I know. No, I love a toothless voting endorsement from a, like, like, especially from a celebrity where it's like, we know what you want. And you're just saying like, guys, we got to vote. Although I I have adult friends in my life. I told you this, Caroline. I have adult friends in my life who have not voted and are not sure if they're going to adult friends who are eligible to vote, who are not sure if they're going to vote in 2020. And it's good to be friends with these people and have loving relationships and and try to understand and listen and learn, I think. Uh, is what Listen, Josh Gondelman would say because he's nice, but I won't say that. That person sucks. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Cut them out. <laughs> <laughs> All right, it's time to bring it down now into a quieter, more meditative, more worshipful space. Josh, on other podcasts, you may promote yourself, you may promote your projects and plug them, but we're not here to do that. We're here to lift them up to the Lord as a humble and loving sacrifice by by plugging them and talking about them and <laughs> telling people where they can find us. And we'll start this process with Caroline. I'm so excited about my lift up this week. Uh, but first, lift me up at Caroline's Farts. And uh, the lift up this week is a TikTok account called Geodesaurus, G-E-O-D-E-S-A. U R U S. It's a weird spelling, but uh, it's uh, this woman who is an artist and also just a big fan of lakes. And she lives near Lake Michigan or in, or in the Great Lakes, and she talks about all these amazing facts about the Great Lakes that you don't know, and they're in our country. And I lived in Michigan at some point in my childhood, and it's so I think maybe I relate to it, but. It's an amazing account. It's really beautiful and it's often poetic, but very surprising. And so I'd recommend it. Lake Talk. Check it out before Twitter or before TikTok is banned in the United States in a few weeks <laughs> is the case. Is that the case? Oracle is going to keep it is going to keep it alive. We're going to we're safe. Uh, hopefully. All right. Thank you, Caroline. We'll turn it to Josh. I would like to uh, lift up. I've really been enjoying Open Mike Eagle and Prince Paul's podcast, What Had Happened Was. Yeah. Uh, Prince Paul is like a legendary hip hop producer. He's worked with like a million amazing artists. And it's like each episode, I think there's going to be 13 episodes total, and it's a different project he worked on. And it's just very cool. And it's like really fun, uh, eclectic 
projects that he did over the years, and I've just like loved hearing. I didn't know if I would love hearing someone talk about for an hour about a different like album every week, and it turns out he's great, and I do. Awesome. (laughs) And then where can people find you and check out your stuff? Oh, thank you. You Um, got a great podcast. Make my day. Thank you. Yeah, my podcast, Make My Day, it's a one-on-one comedy game show where the only guest uh, wins every week because uh, they're the only (laughs) one playing each week. And yeah, watch Jesus and Marrow and Showtime. And uh, I have a book called Nice Try, Stories of Best Intentions and Mixed Results. And follow him at Josh Gondelman. What a great follow. That's right. Thank you. Also, the the thing I love, especially as someone who also does podcasts uh, about your show, is how how guest friendly it is as a proposition of it is a half hour long show it is such a nice breezy fun show so as a guest it's like okay you don't have to listen to or watch a weird thing you just show up for half an hour and pick a charity thank you it's so great i really i try to make it so easy i I send like a long email before and i'm like but don't feel like you have to do anything just like get ready and we'll just like let it rip it's such a nice it's such a nice format such a great show thank you um thanks josh you can follow me at kevin t port everywhere i'll lift up the greatest film of 2020 mandy patinkin's twitter account it's incredible <laughs> oh my goodness gracious so what sweet. what a fun so it appears that mandy and his wife and his son are trapped in a cabin somewhere and are just making videos all the live long day and they are so authentically charming it is it is the it is the um upside down equivalent of some of those like youtube families you see doing you know mm-hmm. thanksgiving song parodies it's like the real version of that with mandy patinkin as the father like one of our greatest actors broadway performers of all time and his wife's a right too she's so funny their son's funny check him out at mandy patinkin so we lived him up and you can uh, you can follow us at Christian Fun Pod everywhere. You can go to patreon.com slash good Christian fun. Become a part of the elder board. A a real thing that exists at a lot of churches that does sound like a wizard club, but isn't. It's just and you can't buy your way in, and that's how we have operated our podcast as well. That's right. Religion and money inextricably entwined. <laughs> Forever, the 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 podsperity gospel. Podsper, okay, okay, Josh, don't come in here and make perfect jokes like that. (laughs) Oh man! And then you can uh, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. And every review you leave, we donate a dollar to charity. And this month's charity is Glitz. Josh, thank you so much for for joining us on the show today, friend. I think I speak for Caroline, myself, and all the listeners when we say. Our Josh is an awesome Josh. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. This is such a you, treat. Our pod is an awesome pod today. <laughs> Amen. And there's nothing left to say except for an all pods people said. Amen. Okay, let's go out on a cover version of Awesome God. This is not by Rich Mullins. Oh boy. This is from Kirk Franklin, which is mm. a quite a dramatic reworking of it. Let's oh, see. Good. Now this doesn't this doesn't sound as scary. This sounds like a more fun god. Like, hey, cowabunga god. It's more of a cowabunga god. <laughs> kind of a dancing me. in the street vibe. You know, like everybody, let's go. It's so fun. Oh man. All right, we'll see you next week. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>
That was a HeadGum Podcast.